Hi everyone! Welcome back to Bye Bye in Conversation. So I'm Ria. And I'm Louise. And we are your conversation for today. Yay! Yay! So as you can see, we are all glammed up because this is our Halloween episode. And we are so excited to share with you guys what we have in store for you this episode. And unlike the other podcasts who are going to talk about um, ghost stories or unsolved mysteries, we are going to take it into the next level and go beyond what is usually implied when Halloween comes around. And that is the theme of fear. Um, so since pag-uusapan natin is takot or fear, well, I think we should start with discussing like what we fear about, who we fear about. So tatanungin kita, Ria, um, ano nga bang iyong mga kinakatakutan sa buhay? Um, the funny thing is, I I just attended a Model United Nations. This is just a segue. I just attended a Model United Nations. And among my blocks, ako yung pinakamatanda. Mm-hmm. Tapos parang they were saying na my speech was so good, I sounded so natural, I deserve an award, etc., etc. Tapos I told them that I was 24. And then they said, ah, that makes sense, makes you less shy, ganyan, ganyan. So sabi ko, yeah, also kasi I have nothing else to lose naman when I speak up. Kasi I was very active in participating. Tapos parang sabi nila, wow, ang galing, ganyan, ganyan, blah, blah, blah. So, it's not, it's, it's no longer my fear. It's never been my fear, actually, to speak in public. But the one that I am most fearful about are two things. My first fear is that my, uh, my fear is that I will not be able to reach my dreams or fulfill my plans because I'm a very driven person and something has to drive me to do something. So if, um, if I'm not taking my master's degree now or if I am not working my jobs now or if something doesn't keep me going and that something doesn't keep me, um, moving around, then I will not, I will just be a hollow walking shell of nothing. And that's what I fear the most. Like, my plans will not be fulfilled. My dreams cannot be achieved. And that is a very tough thing for me to swallow because I, I would, I'm a very competitive person. You know that, Louise. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I, as much as possible, I, I want to be, I want to be excellent at what I do. So, I always want to make sure that whatever my plan is, I stick to it. If things doesn't or if things don't go my way, then I would be disappointed at myself. But in general, my biggest fear is that I will fall short of what I think I'm capable of. Like feeling ko mahakapag study sa ko abroad pero yung pala hindi ko kaya. Yung mga ganong klaseng um anxieties. So that's my first fear. And my second fear is something related to my mom. So my mom is currently um, a diabetic. And she also has peripheral neuropathy. So my greatest fear above not being able to reach my dreams, my greatest fear is what would happen to me if she passes. 
And um, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not saying it's anytime soon. I I hope it's not soon. My fear is that if my mom goes, then what would become of me? Because she has been my best friend. She has been my anchor. She has been the one who has been there for me through thick and thin. We had fights. We had a lot of fights. But in the end, it was always about me and her. We were always the duo in the family. Like it's it's always been me and her. So my my greatest fear is that what would become of me if she passes or if she's totally gone from my life. Because even if, for instance, I do get to study in Australia or in some other country, I would still be able to communicate with her. But if she's gone, like gone, gone, then who am I going to turn to? Who's going to be there for me? Who am I going to talk to? And so on and so forth. So in general, those are my two fears in life. Not being able to reach my dreams or fulfill my plans. And what would become of me if my mom passes? Kind of heavy. All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kasi nga, um, parang, I, I didn't, I, I'm not going to say that I've become fearless. It's just that, parang, I think it comes with age na you become less, uh, I don't know. For me, kasi, as I grew older, there were less reservations on what I wanted to do. Kaya ang dami kong opportunities that come my way and I just grab them whenever I can. Kasi parang mas, mas confident na ako sa sarili ko ngayon. Yung mga ganun. Those, those feelings that I wasn't able to have back when I was in high school or in college. So yung mga fears ko ngayon, medyo big, big, heavy stuff na sila ngayon. So how about you, Louise? What are your fears in life? Um, so my first fear, well, I think everyone will relate to this. Um, it's it's actually something that I have been afraid of for years now. So the first one is fear of rejection. So to be honest, yeah, that's one of my biggest fears. Um, it's not just um, on a personal level, but it's also um, even on professional level. So let's say if I am to propose like an idea at work or if, if there are some some projects that I need to work on and and I set up plans for it, I set up ideas for it, and then not all of them get accepted or even just one of them gets rejected because of some other reasons. Um I I I always get that feeling inside me that there's like a vacuum inside. Like like um my emotions like implode and explode at the same time. So um if if you're familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test, um, I am an INTJ. So INTJ is introvert, intuitive, thinking, and judging. So INTJ, in short, they're, they're, they're known to be like the architects or the masterminds um, in the MBTI personality. So basically, whenever we have ideas or we have something to say, we think through it for a million times. We go through every decision, every path that needs to be taken. So whenever we say something, that's the best that our mind could think of. 
And then if someone rejects that idea, I think that's that's a general um, fear of, of INTJs. It's rejection of the idea that they've thought through a million times, a thousand times. So um, that's that's one of my greatest fears. Um, when I say that it's not just on a professional level and it's also on a personal level, um, that also applies with, I guess, let's say it with, with romantically. Maybe I think that's also the reason why I'm still single because, you know, um, I, I have a hard time dealing that with that issue. So, ah, oh, okay. So let's go with the second one, my second fear. <laughs> Um, so my second fear is kind of, um, how do you say this? It's kind of all encompassing. One of my greatest fear too is fear of myself. I am always afraid of myself because, um, because most of the time I always lack control with myself. I always go to the extremes. I always try this. I always try that. Um, let's just say, let's, let's put, let's give, um, a surface level example. So sometimes when there are things that I want, I always go through it, except love, impulsively. So whenever I want to buy something, it would like just take me, um, a couple minutes to decide and just buy it. Um, it does sometimes, um. Here is where the INTJ disconnects from me. Sometimes I don't think through it. And then I just buy it. And then by the end of the day, once I've spent money on it, that's where the INTJ comes in and defends myself. Oh, you bought this because this, because this, because that, because this. And then that will make myself better. But on a longer on a longer run, when you when you see on a bigger picture, sometimes I buy just I just buy things and then tell myself, oh, I'm just going to use it for, sh for a short amount of time. But my INTJ comes back and then just say, oh, maybe you'll use it again some other time. So um, on other levels, um, at work, it is my responsibility to keep processes in control. So I think um, I spend most of my time at work putting things in control. So when I get home, when I have to deal with myself, that's where I lose control with things. Sometimes I, I sleep. I stay awake until like four in the morning and I have work at six, six. Like, so I'll just have two hours of sleep or three hours of sleep, depending, depending on the circumstances. So um, I don't control myself the way I should be. I always go to the limits of, of, my, of myself. So that's why I'm always kind of afraid of what I can do and what I should be doing. So those are my top two fears, self and rejection. Heavy. Good job, Talaga. Why did we decide on this topic again? <laughs> I don't know. It's for Halloween, so we just thought of fear. <laughs> okay. So... Well, since we have already bared our fears, I guess it's time it's time for us to discuss how are we addressing those fears. So if you will allow me, Louise, I would like to go first. Yes, please. So um basically 
um, the fear of not reaching my dreams is something that um, is always lurking behind my back. Actually, both of my fears are always lurking behind my back. But for the first one, I utilize my my time, my efforts, the resources I have in order for me to at least try to be closer to what I wanted to be or to where I wanted to go. For instance, um, right now, I'm taking my master's in business administration, which was totally not part of the plan that I had in mind because my original plan was I was going to take my master's in Australia. But then this opportunity to take MBA came along and it was um, it offered the scholarship. I took it. I was granted the scholarship and so on and so forth. And now I'm just working on it right now. And I will, I know that I will be still able to study in Australia sometime in the future. It's just that it's not now. So it's, it's more of a matter of perspective. Like, okay, it's something that you are fearing now, but, and, but there's no guarantee that it will happen. But if it does happen, then you have to be strong enough to, or you have to be resilient enough to maneuver yourself into keeping yourself intact while recovering from the, from the rejection or from the inability to reach your dreams. Because in my case, if I'm not able to, if I'm not able to study abroad, then I can just pursue my master's here. That's not going to make a difference. I will still have a degree. And right now, I'm already working on my MBA. So actually, right now, I already have a degree. Once I finish my MBA, I already have a master's degree. So that's already a good thing. But, you know, um, the dreams are still different. I would still want to study abroad. But like I have to be open to the possibility that it might not happen. But if it does happen, of course, I would be happy. But if it doesn't, then I would have to be resilient enough in order for me to um, still be okay, even without it. So that's how I deal with my first fear. The second fear about my mom is that um, I I don't know when it's going to happen. But as I mentioned earlier, everyone's going to go sometime. And... I am currently not sure. I'm honestly not sure how I'm going to deal with it because I don't want to face it. I don't want to face the reality of it. But I also don't want to think that she would go with frustration knowing that she will leave us behind na nakarelay pa din sa kanya. Alam mo yun? Like, um, kasi everyone in the house relies on her. Especially me. Kasi siya yung, siya yung um, support system ko. And if she goes, then probably I would have the greatest um, impact. It would have the greatest impact on me. But um, I don't want her to think na she will go away in frustration na iiwanan niya kami ng hindi okay or ng hindi 
kayang sustentahan yung sarili and whatnot and so on. So, I right now, while she's here, I maximize my time with her. I always tell her I love her. I make lambing to her so that she knows na even if she passes or even if she goes, then my love for her will still be there and my love for her will still be it will always be there and it will be the most important thing to me in the world. So how about you? So in, on my case, um, so what I do with my, how I deal with my fear of rejection is is to, is, is to spend more time like um, thinking and considering other people's opinion. Because um, with the fear, with, with rejecting ideas of you, when people reject ideas of yours, it's actually a way of telling you that you can't think of every single idea, of every single option. There will always be things or there will be always be options or ideas that you can't consider because of some, some reasons. It's either maybe um, there are, there's a field that you're not familiar with and that person is more expert on it. So, um, so I just consider it as a way of learning too. So that moving forward, um, when, when I work on projects, and when I work on on ideas, it will give me a bright, a broader view of things. That's why when someone rejects my idea, of course there will still be pain in deep inside. But on a bigger picture, I need to look at it as, oh, that's that's a way of that's their way of teaching you to deal with things. So that's how I deal with my fear of rejection. As for my fear of self, I kind of do the same. Um, where I spend more time with myself. I, sp- I, I look inward and I look outward. So by that, I mean, whenever I make decisions in life, sometimes um, it sometimes it takes time to ask for people's opinion. So that's the outward look. You have to ask for people's opinion on how you deal with certain things. Because sometimes in life, you don't get to deal with things by yourself. Sometimes you need other people's help um, in dealing with things, with problems, with life in general. And then the inward thing is that once you get people's opinion, once you get people's ideas, that's when you spend your time with yourself to look and consider what is the best option for you, that is me, and for, for everyone who is involved with that decision that you're about to make. So that's that's basically how I deal with my fears, with fear of rejection and with my fear of self. That's awesome. I guess um, the bottom line is in some way or another, we would have to face our fears at some point. And um, it's better to face them head on rather than running away from them because um, everything is a learning experience. And the fears that we currently have are also the challenges that we have to overcome. And from those challenges that we overcome, we become a better person. So instead of running away and not solving the problem or not um, overcoming your fear, then you are just going to be haunted by that fear for the rest of your life, right? Yes. And, And so it's better to 
um, face it as it is now before it gets worse or before it gets out of hand or before it comes haunting you in your dreams and so on. Because I've, I've experienced um, facing my fears in my sleep. Like, they they would come in forms of different shapes and sizes, but nonetheless, they are fears that haunt me in my sleep. So instead of um, running away from them, it would be much better to just say, okay, so I'm going to acknowledge these fears. I don't know if they are something that will happen now or something that will happen in the future or something that is currently happening. But nonetheless, I have to do something about it. And that is what's important. Yeah. And if you don't mind me sharing, so there's these lines, there's this couple lines from a poem, from my favorite poet, um, Reiner Rilke. So there's this line that I've always, there's these few lines that I've always liked. So it says, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. So whenever you're afraid of something, don't be afraid to face your fears because your fear is just temporary. Because after that, once you, you conquer your fear, that's where the beauty comes in. And then with that, Beauty is not final too. So every after terror, there will be beauty. And every after beauty, there will always be terror. But you have to keep facing them in order for you to face that beauty that you want in life. Because no feeling is final. Aww. Does it apply to love again? Charet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe let's discuss that on episode 8. Ah. <laughs> Um, so that's the end for our conversation for today. So that's the end of discussing our takot topic. So I'll give the floor to Ria for the most awaited section of every episode that we have. It's time for your most awaited literature trivia. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> okay, so thanks, Chloe. So now I am going to discuss horror as a genre of literature. So basically, horror, etym its etymology or its word origin came from Latin, which means to tremble or to shudder. So basically, horror is a genre of literature that evokes fear. And um, it evokes the feeling of shuddering among its readers. So back in the day, even the earliest forms of literature already have the element of horror, such as monsters or demons or um, other non-human forms that attack on people or attack on civilizations, attack on citizens. And that is the perceived um, element of horror back in the day. But during the Inquisition, which was between 12th to 13th century, horror became associated highly with witchcraft and heresy. So the, the Catholic Church imposed that those who were practic practicing witchcraft are heretic, and so they had to they had to face um, severe punishment. They had to um, receive torture, 
And um, even beyond the realm of witchcraft, there were Jews and Muslims that were persecuted and tortured during the Inquisition. Now, um, the most well-known piece at that time was Dante's Divine Comedy, starting with Inferno, which talked about um, Satan and the rings of hell. If you remember, Louise. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was the most known um, genre, or that was the most, or that was the closest thing to horror as far as 12th to 13th century is concerned. And that continued on to um, the 14th century. By the time of 1580s, the idea of horror then changed from heresy and witchcraft into something more gruesome. So this is where the vampire trope came in. And fun fact about the vampire trope, it actually started when Arnold Paule, an Austrian citizen, claimed that he was bitten by a vampire and that um, a few months later after his death, there were people claiming that a dead person came alive and killed four people. So that was when the vampire trope became a thing by the death of Andre Paule. And then the Industrial Revolution, as we may, as you may have remembered from the previous um, conversations, the Industrial Revolution really paved the way for better access to um, books and articles among the masses. And here, the horror, the image of horror or the theme of horror became more gory and became more visceral. And the ideals now focused less on the um, romantic side, like Shakespeare or or Edgar Allan Poe, but now it focuses on one's morality. So now the image of horror is something that is internal. And then um, it was also during the 1800s that Jack the Ripper came into the picture running around killing people and he also became an archetype of horror so it's not it's not just jack the ripper killing people it's also it has also become jack the ripper being an image of horror among the english people and then as far as america is concerned it was the great depression that brought about their interest in horror so it has enhanced their interest in the in the gore, in the supernatural, in the horrifying, because probably because that was their form of escape from reality, because there was no food, there was famine, there was um decline in the economy. And one way to escape is by reading. And horror is a story that is unnatural. It, it doesn't exist in the real world back then. And so that became their form of escape to reality. And that is why 
Americans turned to horror as a form of escape during the Great Depression. Now, during and continuing the continuing the story in America, during the Cold War, the paranoia and anxiety and fear of invasion became the central theme of um, a lot of works. And this is where speculative fiction came in. Speculative fiction is basically a subtype of horror that um, questions. It's not, it's not, it's no longer about oneself. It's no longer about, um, sub-creatures, but it's about the system. It's, it's horror of the system, basically. And now, in the modern times, new technology has allowed all other genres of, or all others elements of horror to come in. For instance, we have the movie Jot, which talks about or which um, tackles sharks as deadly creatures. Now, basically, bottom line is in the new technology or in the modern times, people see horror or people see gore for gore's sake. It's no longer about seeing demons or fearing demons. It's no longer about religion it's no longer about questioning one's morality it's no longer facing um the system itself but it's really it's kind of like an art for art's sake so that is the evolution of horror from the early times of um elemental elemental stereotypes to attachment to religion and throughout the years and centuries and up to its effect now in the modern times. So that is our literature trivia for today. Thank you, Ria, for the interesting and historical literature trivia. <laughs> so there you have it. That's the end of our episode seven, Takot. So if you want to to listen or watch to, to our previous episodes, that's from one to six. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. You can listen us to Spotify and Anchor. So just search by buying conversations. That's by buying and conversations. That's conversation S E S S I O N S. So thank you guys for hanging out with us today. So I'm Ria. And I'm Louise. And we'll see you guys next time. Happy Bye. Halloween. Happy Halloween.